Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Thursday, January 19th, 2023, and this is day 1765 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we thank you so very much. Thank you, Lord, for being our Abba Father. Thank you, Lord, for making a way when it doesn't seem like there's any other way out. You always make a way. Help us to trust you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, knowing that you are the true and living God, and we can do nothing without you. I thank you, Lord, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, my Lord, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is time to go deeper. It's time to go deeper. Uh huh, to the deep end of the ocean. Uh, we're coming out of Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 19. Genesis 22, verses 1 through 19. And it says, Sometimes later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Now keep in mind that God uh, does not believe, uh, one of the things he does not believe in or do is human sacrifice. So whatever it was when he said that, I know that I would imagine that Abraham trusts God and knew God enough to know that he did not do human sacrifice. But whatever reason, Abraham may have thought, oh, God will bring my son back to life. Whatever it is, I want to obey God. And then keep in mind also that Isaac at this time, based on a lot of theological studies, that he was around 21 years old and not older than 37. So he was not a little child, a little baby, but um, he was he was an older, either teenager or, but many of the scholars are saying around 21, 27. So now we have an idea that he was older. And uh, so it says in verse three, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. And then keep in mind that this was the son that Abraham and and his wife Sarah had been waiting for all their life. Um, It was a great miracle because Sarah was 90 And Abraham was 100 when God blessed them with Isaac. So it says on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in a distance or in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey 
while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. So he told his servants, don't come with us. It's just going to be me and the boy. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. So his son carried the wood and Abraham carried the fire and the knife. And it could have been like charcoal or something like that, something that would ignite uh, the rest of the wood. And as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. I mean, it went to the very last minute second when you think about certain things you're going through and you're you're saying, God, now what do I do now? Or God, are you here? Uh, do you want me to go to this far to the edge uh, before you intervene? And he went to the edge. It went. He went to the point of tying his son up, uh, having the knife to slay him. And then verse 11 says, But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do nothing. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And another translation says, now I know that you love me. And when we look at this, looking at the comparison, how God gave up his only son for all of us. And, you know, we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve uh, for him to give us his only begotten son to die for us, to um, pay for our sins so that we could be reconciled back to the father. Verse 13, Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And also is known as Jehovah Jireh. And to, say, and to this day, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Hmm. Glory to God. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together for Beersheba. 
and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. Very powerful and very encouraging as we too go through a lot of deep things and and, uh, God is showing us he's here. He is there for you. So let's go to our points. Point number one. I remember when I was in middle or high school, we had to take swimming classes in gym. We had the shallow end where we all started off and then elevated to the deep end of the pool. I was so fearful of the water that I would always make excuses so that I would not have to participate in swimming. (laughs) I was okay as long as I was in the shallow end, but bailed out when it came to going deeper. So often that's what we do when God is developing our character through testing our faith in him and our obedience to him by taking us to the deep end. When we are tested, we can complain or we can try to see how God is stretching us to develop our character. Abraham passed his test. Abraham exemplified one of the greatest acts of obedience in recorded history. Point number two, obeying God is often a struggle because it may mean giving up something we truly want or someone we truly love. God wants to be first in our lives, not second or third. He wants to be number one. That means above our spouses, above our children, above ourselves. He must be in first place. We put him first by obeying him and him alone even when it doesn't feel good. This is when we need to get beyond our feelings and trust God with our whole heart, 100%. God knows what's best for us as he prepares us to grow in the purpose he has for us. So here's what he does. He strengthens our character. We must have our character strengthened in order to endure uh, as we go along uh, this journey that God has paved out for us. Second, it deepens our commitment to God. We will become even more committed to him uh, as we draw closer to him. And as we draw closer to him, we become more and more like him and we desire to stay closely attached to him and committed to doing his will. Third, um, he will help us to yield to his perfect timing. So even now, (laughs) I'm going through something that's probably one of the deepest end, on the deepest end of the water I've ever been in before in my life. (laughs) And uh, I have to laugh about it. You know, because I know that God has got me, but even in the midst of it, you know, it has to do with funding for T-Zone and, and, and waiting and, and timing. And when you're the type person that I used to be, whereas I would always have my own backup plans and nothing wrong with having plans. And then once you make your plans, present them to the Lord and say, Lord, is this what you would have for me? Well, I would always have several backup plans. So no matter what, 
I got this. And God is saying, has had me let go of many of my backup plans, <laughs> many of them. I mean, from trying to uh, work for others as I, you know, build transition zones so that, you know, the salaries are able to be paid and things like that. And God is saying, I didn't tell you to do that. And, and doors will be shut. Uh, and that's what's been happening. Doors will be shut. Uh, or a door open that takes up that time that I would have been able to work for someone else. And, and it may not bring in the income necessarily right away. It takes time. So his understanding his timing. And even if we don't understand it, knowing that his timing is perfect and doing it his way anyway. In doing so, we will learn about God's ability to provide just as Abraham did. And I am learning that and seeing that. And I've seen it over my years. You know, um, I'll be turning 64 on February 3rd, coming right up, right? <laughs> and uh, just seeing all the God, things God has brought me out of and how he's he's been right there. And, it, and it's right at that moment that seems like the last second to me, but to God, it's not. So understanding his timing is different than our timing and understanding and learning how he always provides. We're also blessed simply for doing what we should do, obeying God. God blessed Abraham abundantly. He promised Abraham that he would give his descendants the ability to conquer their enemies. So by us being obedient, we're setting up the next generation's for blessings, our next generation to be blessed through our obedience. He promised Abraham's children and grandchildren who would in turn bless the whole earth. So not only Abraham blessing people, but his offspring are going to bless others. People would be blessed in future generations because of Abraham's faith and obedience to God. God is doing the same through you and me as we obey him. And that, my friends, is one of the most important things we can do in our life. And uh, obeying God, even when it gets rough, it's easy to obey God when, you know, everything seems to be flourishing and everything is rosy <laughs> and it's going just perfectly well. Uh, and, but let it not be going perfectly well. Let it, let, if it's our health, you know, we get a diagnosis. If it's a loss of a job, if it's if it's a death of a loved one that that was so important to us, and all of a sudden now they're gone. Now the job, whatever it is, that profession that I was used to has dried up. They laid off their cunning jobs. You know, uh, you know this uh, health issue, and something's changed, and I can't get around like I used to get around. There's so many things that can happen and God will allow certain things to happen so that we will trust him. I remember after I had gotten saved shortly thereafter, I had a major decision to make. God was saying to me, leave that that I'm familiar with. Leave, like he told Abraham, leave your hometown, leave those family members and go to a place where I'm going to take you. And that's essentially what God told me. 
uh, all the people that I'd hung around with, me and my husband, you know, on weekends, partying together, hanging out with family, you know, at each other's house, playing cards, getting drunk, getting high, you know, eating together and, you know, arguing, all those different things. But it was all about partying and all that every weekend, just about every weekend over the last, you know, from the time I was um, probably 16 up to about uh, in my early 20s to around 22. And uh, doing that with those same people, same relatives, we all were very close. And, and it was mainly on my husband's side. And I remember after getting saved and uh, going one more time, even though I was saved, I'm like, well, I don't want my husband's going. I want to be with my husband, you know, and uh, I want to hang out with our friends. And and I remember that day very clearly. And I remember that I had been delivered from drinking and the smoking of the weed. I had no desire of doing that anymore. And I was the only one in the room that was sober and not high. And uh, I was lots of us there that day, like it usually would be. Uh, and just, you know, everyone in there in the house safe, not causing harm to anyone else, but to ourselves. <laughs> and so I remember seeing the, and hearing the conversations, trying to talk to each to everyone there and hanging out. And I felt very awkward. And I thought, nobody is really making any sense. <laughs> And God said, that's exactly where you were. Now you have a choice. And I want you to move away from this group. And that may even mean the closest person to me was my husband. He wasn't ready to move away from the group. And God said, in order for you to grow and to go where I'm taking you, you can't straddle the fence. So you have a decision to make. And I made that decision to leave the group and to begin doing and growing in Christ and doing what he would have me to do, my character changing and growing in him and doing more things uh, in the church and uh, outside of church and raising our children in the Lord, having Bible study at home with them and their friends and teaching in the church, teaching the youth group and all these things and in women's meetings and doing just all these things. And I begin uh, a whole different lifestyle while my husband wasn't quite ready yet to to give it all to the Lord. He was saved, but he wasn't ready for that leap yet. And I had to understand, you know, in living together, we were equally yoked when we got married. We were both on our way to hell on a banana peel, right? We were both. <laughs> and then after that, there created it was created division, this great divide between the two of us. Uh, we loved each other deeply, but we did not have much in common anymore. And uh, that was extremely painful. But on the other hand, it was ex I was full of the joy of the Lord as I was doing his will. But yet my husband and I still had our relationship and uh, having to you know, communicate with each other and understanding that we were going different directions and he was still going, hanging out with the buddies and doing the things. And, and I would continue to pray for him. And then finally, what seemed to be an eternity, <laughs> the shift took place and he was ready. But we have to be ready on our own, in our own timing. God doesn't force us. 
and he was ready. And I'll tell you, it took close to 30 years. And uh, we still functioned together, did things together. We had our differences. I mean, we had a lot of major challenges. <laughs> but um, now ministering together and doing the will of God together. And it is it has been well worth it. And many of those family members have gotten saved and are serving the Lord. And many have not. And we're still praying for them and thanking God for their deliverance. What about you? What is it that God or who is it that God is telling you in order for your character to be uh, strengthened and uh, to grow in Christ so that you can go to the deeper end? Who is he saying you must move away from? What is it that you need to move away from? Obey God. You will not be sorry. You will be blessed. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the goal right there. To be with Jesus for eternity in God the Father. That is the goal for each and every one of us. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And don't forget to check us out on TZoneKC.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation skills, and human and sex trafficking awareness. Thank you all so very much for your support. I can't tell you how valuable uh, your um, your giving uh, from your heart is to us and how much it helps us so much. So when you go to the website, hit that donate button and donate according to what God puts on your heart. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Fulfilling the purpose that God has given you and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.